<laughs> well, you wanted to know how I'm how I'm up so much. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that in the pre-call, <laughs> man. I was like, dude, I and you're West Coast, right? So you're three hours behind me. I'll be up at like 7 a.m. and you'll be tweeting. So it'll be 4 a.m. for you, like, just got this sick new win in like Pokemon Unite or whatever. And then three hours later, you're on like some kind of event on the PlayStation channel. I'm like, dude, you have to sleep, man. That's it's an important <laughs> part of life to sleep. No, but you know what? There'll be time to sleep eventually. But uh, I, I literally just did that the other day. I went. I was uh, like restreaming a Japanese Pokemon tournament <laughs> until like four a.m. And then I had to be up at seven a.m. for a PlayStation tournament. I was like, Jeez, man, I don't whatever. know. Maybe it's because it you're drinking Bang and not drinking any water. Maybe that's what. It is. <laughs> but dude, I think the first thing I want to ask, man, is how was it being in London for the Pokemon World Championship? Like that is so insane. Oh yeah, it's um well it was actually my second world championship, but this one was just ridiculous. It was like no other event I've ever been to. Uh you know, I mean it's like the first post-COVID big mm -hmm. world championship that they had. So they like extended an extra day and they made it like bigger than it's ever been. And uh just compared to like, you know, obviously there's a bunch of amazing events, you know, just the Evo pretty recently, but like there's been I've never seen anything like that. I mean, it's like almost like a like half a mile just walking through the halls just to get to it, and there's just just Pokemon stuff everywhere, yeah. and yeah, the, the the venue itself was was just the biggest venue I've ever been in completely. Like the the, the size of just the main stage for that venue was as big as some of the other main venues that I've ever seen. Uh, it was it was an incredible uh, event, and the Pokemon people put on some of the best events that I've ever been to as well. Like there's so much to do if you're not just there to compete. You know, like there's a lot of like kids that show up and they want to learn like how to play TCG or they just want to watch or play inside events. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was maybe my favorite event I've ever been to. One of my favorites for that, sure. Uh, that's a question that was going to be down the line what's the favorite event so we got it right out right off the rip dude that's absolutely insane and you got to work the event you're not just you didn't just go as a spectator you were doing pokin is it pokin or pokin or both it's uh it's pokin technically okay, so uh pokin. it's yeah i think like technically we were not allowed to call it pokin because i think that means like it's like some sort of like like saying like sickness in in like uh like german and we've we actually have tournaments in germany so uh okay. it's it's pretty <laughs> no, funny i think they're like, they're like they're like watch out about mispronouncing it but yeah poking poking all like, right so uh, like, you got to commentate that how did you even get started commentating i feel like that's such a niche game that did not take off in the states which it should have it's pokemon it's 3d fighting games like what else would you possibly want other than that but it didn't take <laughs> off in the states and then how did you get involved like commentating that game yeah, well, I mean, just like everything else, uh, you know, you could ask me this about pretty much literally anything that I've ever commentated, but it, it all just comes down to just like locals, right? Like wow. everything for me started from locals, uh, whether it was like Mortal Kombat or Pokin. I mean, specifically like Pokin, it was it was pretty cool. It looked it looks pretty cool, you know, I'm a Pokemon fan like many others are, and of course I played a bunch of fighting games before it, and uh, I watched it at Evo. So I didn't play it right when it came out, uh, but I watched like the first top eight when it was at Evo the one year, and I was like, oh, this game looks pretty cool. And at Wednesday night fights, I actually walked over to the the players who were playing Pokin and it had a pretty good traction especially in like the major areas like like the Northeast and in like the in SoCal we had like 40 person tournaments for a while oh, nice. and uh I I walked over and I was watching it and it, it has one of the best communities ever so this this uh this guy named Couch who's one of my really good friends uh, he comes over and he, he's like hey uh do you play this game you know are, are you interested like would you like to play it and I was like oh you know I own the game but I haven't played that much he's like hey you should enter come on like you know like 
basically he he was just being super friendly and then mm-hmm. i did and i would have been you know too scared to honestly kind of a wuss for that but uh then i ended up doing that and then we ended up there was like really good production for a lot of the tournaments shouts to like any the animira team and so i i commentated a few locals over time i ended up commentating some stuff for 2gg after that that was a little bit bigger and then eventually they needed somebody to uh to commentate some of the bigger events and so my first ever event i flew 20 hours to australia for uh my first ever official event i would say and uh, yeah, just how it happens, you know. You just you start with locals, and everything builds and up. And you're just building up all the way, dude. You've been—I feel like you travel so much. But just in this conversation, just off Pokin, I was gonna say Pokin again. Just off Pokin, you've been to London and Australia. Any other countries? I mean, just those two alone. You've you've locked in more miles than I think like ninety percent of commentators that are doing their thing right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. The uh, the whole format of the official poke or Pokemon, all the Pokemon like competitive stuff is that they've yeah. got these international championships. Yes. So uh, every every circuit is comprised of a big tournament in uh, well, usually first it's Australia and then it's in Germany usually for EU I see they call it European International Championship then, then there's one big one in North America and then there's Worlds which is you know this year was in London so I've been to each of those twice now so I went to uh, Melbourne twice in Australia for Pokemon I went to uh, Berlin and Frankfurt in Germany and then around the US a few times and then uh, London so so yeah Pokemon I mean Pokemon, everybody loves Pokemon all across the world, right? Say, it's like everybody in the world loves it, man. If it, if there's one thing to love, it's Pokemon, dude. And that's what's so cool because in this like fighting game world that I've kind of find myself in, I feel like not a lot of people talk about Pokemon, dude. Like there's a couple, and I'm starting to see it here and there. And I, I have Mustard on the show later this week, and I know he's been doing oh, this yeah. thing with Pokemon, which is absolutely awesome. But were you growing up playing the games, or was this something that kind of just like fell into your lap over like growing up? Like when did the Pokemon thing start for you? Well, well, first I have to kind of interrupt. I don't know if you know, but did you know that Mustard actually went to Worlds and competed in Pokin? I he, saw he his tweets, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he, "I was learning a character the night before in my hotel room." <laughs> yeah, well, this fool he came and he was like, he was like, you know, I just don't want to go O two. And literally, the first thing that we do is he sits down and he fights his first opponent and he OCVs him because it's a it's like a three v three format for Worlds. So like, just literally just OCVs the opponent. I'm like, yeah, of course this dude's cracked. Of course, like, what, 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 what do I do? expect? It's in their blood, man. He's a twin, so it's in his DNA to be good at fighting games. It's it's true. It's an it's an unfair advantage. But but back to the actual question. Um, uh, I, yeah, I love Pokemon for, I mean, I think, I don't remember what year it was, but I, or how old I was, I was like, you know, five years old or something. And I got Pokemon red and blue, me and my brother for, for Game Boy, you know, and, and it all just started from there. So I've played like pretty much every Pokemon game over time. So it's just been a, it's been a consistent thing. You know, I used to love watching the, uh, I had the VHS of the first like two episodes of the, uh, the Pokemon show and so like, good, yeah, man. you know, just ever since being a kid, like for sure. Yep. Are you doing the cards too, or is it much more of like the video game and the media? You know, I, I used to play the cards more when I was a kid, but uh, but it can be expensive, you know, as a Dude, hobby. I, I, I like I tried to do it on but... YouTube, and I was like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I the bank account's not letting me be part of this community right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'd like to is what I'm going to say. Yes. I know that they're releasing like a new like digital version for it. Uh, they have one right now, but they're releasing like a, like a newer one. So I wanted to try it when it came out. But but for me, it's mostly it's mostly video games. Mostly just again. Yeah, because because like money. Yeah. And then you're playing like you play the very like obscure Pokemon games, like not just the mainline ones. Like you go hard in Pokemon Unite, which is their free to play Nintendo Switch MOBA. And I always see you tweeting about that. I'm like, yo, I think this is the only dude I know that's like crushing this game right now. And I love it, man. You play all the obscure ones and it's great. 
I play a lot of obscure just games. Dude, honestly, general, yeah, but, a lot uh, of your tweets, yeah. I'm just like, yo, what game is Chef playing this week, bro? Like, what is this? But last thing for Pokemon, what is all-time favorite Pokemon game for you? All-time favorite Pokemon game. I this is this is a super uh, this is a super hot take, right? So, well, it's kind of a split. Can I give two answers? Two just answers because is more it's, than it's, okay. Okay, okay. You play all so, of them, so two answers is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay. For I, I gotta say, Pokemon. But if we're talking about like main Pokemon games, of course, uh, like Black and White. Back really? in the day, me and me and my homie, uh, I got a homie named uh, named like Thornstone, and we. We uh, live streamed it back when like Twitch wasn't even a thing. We live streamed the like a Nuzlocke of the uh, like fan translation of Black and White, and we used to get like a hundred people. It would like cap out. Like back then, we were on livestream.com, and it would cap out. And that was the first time that I ever did any streaming or anything. And I like have never been that successful again. But uh, but we had like tons of people trying to watch this Nuzlocke fan translation, and we got like a folder of fan art, and it was super fun. We had a really cool community for that. So we were like you know kind of ahead of the game in that one. But that was back before all the games got released simultaneously. Uh, so that one for sure has a, a special place in my heart. But wow. I really like Sword and Shield. It's a great personally game, Personally, too. It's a great game. Yeah. I was shocked because I didn't think I'm like very old school when it comes to the Pokemon, right? Like Emerald, all that, like Crystal. I like Pearl. I'll play Diamond and Pearl here and there. But it's like Gen 1 through 3 is big for me. And I got Sword mm -hmm. and Shield, and I didn't really like think I was going to fall in love with it. Dude, within like an hour, I'm like, bro, this is like a Pokemon kid's fan's dream of a game. They're like running around next to you and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, you cannot beat this right now. But yeah, that's that's insane. And the fan translation too. You guys just went completely for it, man. I absolutely love it. Have you thought about bringing any type of like Pokemon? Because I know, again, I have it all in my questions and stuff so we can get into it. But I know that like you're kind of doing your thing with content right now. I saw you uploading a couple of YouTube videos over the past month. You're streaming very regularly, it seems like. Would you bring back like the fun Pokemon challenges, Pokemon stuff? Because it seems like you love it. And I always tell people like, stream and make content for what you love and you seem to know so much about it right you ever think about bringing pokemon back to the live stream or anything like that yeah yeah i yeah, every once in a while i'll try it you know it's uh it's a little tough because usually when i stream you know i mean streaming is tough for anybody out there who's, who's trying to stream yeah. it's it's very tough it doesn't matter like you know I, I i work a lot of events and stuff but like people won't watch me stream unless it's like for very specific things right like uh like like mostly fighting games if i'm streaming fighting game i'll get people watching if i'm streaming fighting game adjacent stuff like i've been streaming a lot of Rumbleverse recently mm -hmm. people will watch that but when i stream like for example sword and shield came out and i was like oh i'm gonna stream it and i'm gonna learn uh, you know the competitive uh like strats and stuff and i actually learned a lot you know vgc and i put like a thousand hours into it and not a lot of people watched it so it's it's definitely the stuff that i like i might i've, I've been like working on making a few more videos recently so I that might it, be yeah. more i was hyped yeah, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm lazy. I should do more. Oh, but I, I mean, I'm you're saying you're lazy when you're literally <laughs> staying up till four and then commentating at seven. You can't tell me you're lazy. <laughs> I don't want to hear that, man. That's fair. But no, definitely. Fair, uh, but, I think yeah. you should. I think you should, man. If you love it, and what, what's important is like you know you you build the community in there. Like you have your you have your mm -hmm. FTC people that already know you, but then like you start dipping your feet into the pond of like the Pokemon world. New people find you over time through your videos or your streams, and it kind of builds on itself from there, as opposed to just like relying on this pond over here, which is FGC. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. It's true. It's a it's a tough road, but um, for sure, I'm I'm gonna try a little bit harder, especially once the new games come out. Uh, I really want to get into those. I put a lot of time into like trying to be competitive in in VGC previously, mm -hmm. but then COVID hit and like a lot of the tournaments shut down, and I was like, eh, let's just do something else. So yeah. so it, it it'll be eventually. Dude, but Scarlet, I Scarlet and Violet is gonna be uh pretty sick games, man. 
I'm super pumped for them, dude. I I'm so happy I get to finally talk about Pokemon with someone in like the Mortal Kombat world. <laughs> I feel like I always got to talk about Mortal Kombat, which we are going to talk about. But okay, I said that was the last Pokemon thing, but I, I there's more. I'm sorry, there's more. Okay. Uh, at good. Worlds, you were wearing a Cramorant shirt and you also had a shiny Cramorant card in the pocket. Is Cramorant your favorite Pokemon and how did that become a thing? <laughs> it, it is. Uh, the way that it came about, I... Honestly, I don't even know. I uh, well, okay. So when it first came out, uh, I I was really. I mean, I thought it was like a funny Pokemon. I mean, it is a funny Pokemon, right? It it's like stupid, and it's like it's canonically like it's like super powerful, but it's too stupid to be able to actually make use of it. And it has a like a cool gimmick with its whole like you know you surf, you use dive, and it gets the little like fish with the Pikachu in its mouth, and then you know it's it's like a unique game mechanic. So I was like, you know what? I kind of like this Pokemon. I'm gonna try to make a team. And so then my first ever competitive team. That that I made for Pokemon was uh, with it was a Cramorant team with like the whole gimmick about how to use it and it would lead Cramorant and uh, I was like you know what we're gonna we're gonna do a stream and we're gonna we're gonna try to grind to uh, it's it's master rank is the the highest rank in like the ranked ladder for for Pokemon VGC and uh, I was like all right let's see how long this takes and I did it in like one day faster than I thought and I was like. Whoa! Oh we my did god! It. It's so, this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it was like supposed to be a Cramorant meme, so the Cramorant meme carried me all the way, and then from there on, I was like, okay, I just I love this freaking thing, yeah. and uh, I don't know, it just ended up being being the the one, and it's just it's it's been since. Hey, listen, that's a good YouTube video right there. How to make a Cramorant team work <laughs> in online VGC. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I got the ideas for days, but that's absolutely awesome. I love the story behind that, and yeah, what a random Pokemon. Not not Pelipper from the OG days. You you pick Cramorant, huh? No interest in Pelipper. Same thing. I mean, I mean, Pelipper is good actually. <laughs> I, I use a decent amount of Pelipper because it, it's like a it, it's, it uh it like sets rain, so it, it's really good for rain teams actually. But <laughs> so I use both actually. I, I have I have a fully trained competitive Pelipper in my in my box. That is so funny. Right now. <laughs> that is so random, but it's so funny. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you. I love to ask this question. Where does the name Wonder Chef come from? When did it start? And you rolled with it. How did it happen? All right, so it's from a different game. Uh, I played a lot of like JRPGs growing up, including Pokemon, kind of. Obviously, it's pretty different. But uh, so I, originally, back in the day when I first started playing fighting games, uh, before I started playing fighting games, I had like a bunch of other different tags, and I didn't settle on one. And uh, I started playing Street Fighter Four, and I realized that I needed to actually like choose a tag. And at that point, I was playing Fuerte who uh, is a chef, of course, but the name Wonder Chef itself comes from uh, the Tales of series. So Tales is like Symphonia, Tales of Abyss, if anybody's played that. It, I think the last one they put it in was like Tales of uh, Vesperia. So if anybody's played any of that series, uh, it's just like this recurring character that's really silly. It like hides in as like disguises objects. You find it and it teaches you a recipe and then it like disappears and it does a whole stupid spiel. So I, uh, yeah, that, it, I named myself after that because A, I cook a lot. I cook a ton. I was uh, yeah, not by profession. I, at, at one point, I would have liked to, but man, wow. that is that's got to be one of the hardest yeah, like man. professions. Like Good I, uh, huge kudos to anybody who's who's an actual like chef or cook in, in like the restaurant business because that's like you got to be like, you know, working for like fourteen hours and on your feet all day and in the hot kitchen and no you shot, get like bro. no rest. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But but yeah, I cook a lot. You know, as like just just for for myself and from a family and then i uh i it was from fuerte and then it was from the tales of series so it was just this kind of big combo and then it, it stuck because i mean i like i like the name chef is easy to say dude as soon as as soon as you joined this call i'm like yo chef what's up man like the, it's yep. one syllable i'm so jealous i wish i went with a one syllable <laughs> name man that's the one thing it's so good and then what's the egp stand for then 
Oh, that's that's uh, that's really old school. Uh, but that's that's a lot of like MK9 history. So that's a good wow. one. Uh, back in the back in the day, like way early on, there were just a few people in SoCal like uh, playing MK9. Like there were some people that played other games, but like the the real like NRS heads were there was like me and like Crazy and uh, like Red Reaper and Tyrant and like a few others that you know. I'm sorry for not checking them out, but we all kind of like gathered together these tournaments run by uh, my friend uh, Brian Compton, and he ran the tournaments under the name EGP. Which it okay, listen, it was back in the day. It's 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 less cringe back then, but stands <laughs> for Epic Gamer Productions, right? So the whole Epic Gamer thing. Listen, it was 2009. Okay. That's that was, that was that's a long time ago dude wow it was, okay <laughs> yeah that makes it okay <laughs> yeah but no but so it was all the locals were like egp locals and you know it was like oh let's go to this egp event egp thunderdome egp whatever and uh you know they they ran all the the brackets at like socal regionals and just a lot of the any of the socal stuff was was egp so when we all went out to travel right like when we go out to mlgs or we'd go out to you know nec or just any of these big tournaments evo we'd all just rep the tech so you know back in the day it was egp tyrant it was egp crazy it was uh you know egp wonder chef obviously and when uh Unfortunately, there's a there's like a company called Wonder Chef as well. So they took a lot of the like names on social. So they, I just have stuck with EGP Wonder Chef throughout dude, after that. And every cool every time I like tried to go to your Twitter because I had to like get your Twitter for this or like whatever the case may be, I always went to their. De they always auto defaulted to that one with the check mark. I'm like, dude, no, I don't want them. I want EGP Wonder Chef. <laughs> wow. All right, what jerks? And we're gonna have to talk to them. You're gonna have to take that check mark from them. This is bullshit. But, dude, <laughs> going back to the MK9 days, man, so you've been around, I mean, dude, longer than some of these people that are playing MK11 now have been alive. Not to make you feel yes. dated, but holy shit, dude, that's insane. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've uh, thought about that, and yes, <laughs> I'm extremely old. Uh, we... We've officially been, uh, well, you know, a few of us have started early on. We've officially been playing the the NRS game specifically for more than a decade now, which is uh, is tough. But yeah, I mean, you know, I started fighting games like a few years before MK9, but I really got you know bigger with MK9, and yeah, I've been I've been around for too long now. How how do you think that you've been able? I hate the word relevant. I really don't like the word relevant. How have you been able to maintain just a level of like people knowing who you are and you getting work? over the past 14 years, 13 years. Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, I, I was a, I was a player like primarily That's up how it until started, huh? 2000. Yeah. 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 Always as a player, you know? Uh, so like back in MK9, I made a few top eights at majors. I couldn't travel a lot, but you know, I made a few top eights at majors. I was, I was like pretty good. Uh, it was a different time back then where like none of us knew how to play. We didn't know that low pokes were minus until like two years into the game or something. But uh, I, you know, I just played a lot. I helped run locals. I, I didn't do much commentary. I did a little bit of commentary. I, uh, you know, it wasn't like a goal of mine or anything, but um. I just commentated at locals because I played every character. Uh, that's really where it all started is I just, I'm terrible at choosing a main. So I, I just knew stuff and we needed somebody on the mic. So I would just be there. But then, you know, I didn't start really like commentating as like a commentator until 2015 or maybe it was, yeah, I think late 2015 uh, for MKX. Yep. Uh, but it, it was all just being a player until then. Right. So like I, I even, even the start of that, like people, uh, I mean, people like, they didn't really like remember it because it's so long back then now. But uh, you know, I like I like won the first major technically for for MKX. I won Northwest majors where like everybody decided to fly out because it was like a week after release, and uh, that was really fun. And then like back in Injustice, 
one i made a few top eights as well like scr i made like top four and stuff like that so it was just like it was just all playing it's just a player turned into a commentator and then once i became a commentator i'm i'm lucky because being in socal is like it's like a cheat code for for working in uh, in production mm. and so just being able to be local to so much stuff and then you know just kind of building up like like experience and being reliable is just it's led to like a a, a pretty good decade i guess <laughs> oh, a pretty good decade man that's absolutely insane who were you playing in mk oh you say you don't have a main who did you win the mkx tournament with then i'll ask Quan Chi for sure. Quan you Chi were the Quan Chi uh, one. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. I understand now because I, when I did a, a podcast with Mr. Aquaman, we had a bunch of MKX guys on. They always talked about the Quan Chi's that were just ransacking all of MKX <laughs> at the beginning of the game, <laughs> and you were one of them. Okay, now that I can put a face to the stories, I'm happy I can do that. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to also to uh, to Dink, to Jinky Dink, who was the uh, the Quan father, the yep. original Quan player from back even from MK9. Yeah, he, uh, it, it, me and him, we were both there actually. We had a, we were both in top eight of that tournament, and we had a Quan mirror, which was disgusting at that time because that character could do everything in all broken ways, and we sat full screen from each other the entire time. But but shout outs to him. It could have been him easily as well. I think uh, that won that major, but I got lucky in a game. <laughs> and he also said because again, I, I did have him on a podcast on, a, on another podcast, but he said. He wouldn't have even played Quan Chi if Lee Mei was in the game. <laughs> Think about that. If Lee Mei was in the game, he would not be the Quan father, and you guys wouldn't have been able to share that experience because he would have made Lee Mei. Crazy how everything <laughs> ends up working out, man. I know, I know. And then they denied, uh, they denied Lee Mei for the past now 10 years, 11 years. Good. If anything, good. We don't need her. She doesn't need to be <laughs> in the game. I just made a lot of people that like that character mad. Anyway, um... One thing that I wanted to ask too was when you, so you said you started commentating, just being in SoCal, you're just player turned commentator, right? When did you realize that like, cause you said you didn't want to do it at first. When did you realize like, yo, you know what? Like this could be a very nice little career path that I can build for myself. Well, to be a hundred percent honest, even until now, like I, I never expected to be like a full career, even, you know, with the stuff that I've done. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so hit or miss and you have to stay updated with games and stuff. So, but, but obviously, you know, I've done a lot and I've, uh, it's been a big part of like my, what my career is and my income for a long time. So it really all started with, um, we kind of got like a kickstart here in SoCal, uh, for back when, like, we didn't have too many, like, quote unquote, esports things for, uh, for fighting games. ESL put on a uh, huge shout outs to Joshua Gray specifically. He, uh, awesome he put on a, he is uh, he, he threw out this entire idea and sold it of this Mortal Kombat X Pro League to ESL. And he was the producer on it. And he was, had a, he was so many of the ideas behind it. The entire staff was great, but uh, not a lot of fighting games had that level of a show that had that level of production. And I wasn't on it for the first season. It was actually uh, Dustin Kane, Godspeed and uh, uh, Brian Compton, who I was just talking about. But then Brian Compton moved over to be like to work on the actual show. And then I joined in there. Uh, so not a lot of like there wasn't just that level of, of production and a lot of stuff. And so as soon as I started that, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of sick that like, you know, this is actually like paying like a normal, like, you know, actual work amount. And this is like super like buttoned up and professional. And like, I could maybe do this for something else. And, you know, I wasn't sure back then, but that was definitely the first time. As soon as I got on that, I was like, you know, maybe this is actually like a thing. And then going in there and seeing that world, right. You go into like the, the big studios, the production studios, and good, you man. see all the other shows they're doing with like Halo and uh, like, I don't know. I mean, blizzard stuff and rocket league and it's just like you're like okay whoa like this is a whole world like yeah. maybe i could get into this and i did i guess <laughs> and you got right into it yep and then have you had a favorite game to commentate over these past seven years or so is it pokin 
You know, it, it is poking. <laughs> it uh, all leads it, back to that, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to not say MKX as well. Mm -hmm. I thought MKX was one of the most fun games to watch. It was super chaotic and mix up heavy and uh, a very cruel game to the uh, to be a player sometimes. But it was super fun to watch. But Pokin is. I really can't explain it. For anybody who hasn't watched Pokin, you should go watch Pokin. Watch the Grand Finals from this year's Worlds. Watch the Grand Finals from like 2018 Worlds. Uh, it, it's, it leads itself to just being one of the best games to, to watch. Even if you don't understand the game, like the energy in it and the back and forth in it and just everything about it, it's, just, it's so hype. I, I really can't explain it. Like, I, I feel like it makes my commentary better because there's just always just amazing moments. Like, I don't even need to try. So yep. Pokin for sure. Pokin, definitely. I love to hear that. Are they making a second one? Any word on that? Or are they still working on this first one? Or the first one's uh, done, right? The first one's done. The first one's done. Uh, there are there's a lot of chatter about like everybody being involved, wanting to make a second one. Uh, you know, it's, it's partially Pokemon, it's partially Bandai Namco. So like Harada actually said like, oh yeah, we would love to make another one, but Pokemon has to agree. And uh, the producer of the game, sorry, the director of the game, uh, Hoshino was like, oh yeah, we, you know, we we would love to make another one. You know, he's a he actually moved from he was the director for for Pokemon, and now he's the producer for Unite. And he went up to Worlds, right? Obviously, he's he's currently working on Unite, but he hung out at the Pokemon area the entire time and he was like hanging out with the Japanese players because he knows them really well and he did an impromptu signing session over at the Pokemon area so like he still loves the game and he for sure wants to make a second he's made it clear he wants to make another one uh, and it's just about like they got to get everybody together and they got to figure it out and so we're, we're you know we're, we're we're keeping our hopes up but there's nothing set in stone yet so we're we're, we're still playing this game, but th we're still finding new stuff all the time. So, like, you know, I I'm fine with it. more years of Pokemon. I, I definitely could tell that, dude. I love that you love that game. So, with that, you kind of mentioned it before. You're like, it's kind of difficult to keep up with all these different games and stuff like that. But you are very interesting to me because you kind of... I use the term Swiss Army Knife a lot, especially when I was talking to Mr. Aquaman a few weeks back on the show. But, dude, you are commentating sometimes even in the same damn week. You're commentating Mortal Kombat 11. You're commentating Pokemon. I even saw that you tweeted you just did like an Apex tournament, right? How are you able... Because I feel like in commentary, in the commentary world, just from the outside looking in, you kind of have your game and that's it, right? Like if you're a Halo commentator, you're a Halo commentator. You play your Call of Duty commentator, Call of Duty, right? You don't really see that kind of mismatch or cross-pollination of these commentators a lot. I guess there's whatever exceptions, but for you, you're kind of hitting every single game out there, man. And I'm sure if there's Rumbleverse tournament, you'll do it, right? Like how are you able to... I guess bring the hype, but also maintain that level of knowledge that a veteran commentator like you brings. I mean, it it really all comes down, I think, to to being a player, right? Like, I I don't really ever go into a game being like, yeah. I mean, very rarely, but like going to a game being like, yeah, I want to commentate this game. Like, the first thing I ever want to do for any game is like play and playing tournaments, right? So like like with MK11, right? I didn't I didn't go into MK11 being like, yeah, I'm gonna be a commentator. Like the first thing I did was I I, I like practiced up and I went and I won a few locals and uh our scene kind of died off a little bit in 11 but you know it started off like me being a player same thing with like poking you know I started off being a player. So like I think once you get like a competitive uh kind of like groundwork for your knowledge you it's pretty easy to like learn stuff even while you're commentating, right? Like it's not like like if you had no competitive knowledge, it, it would be like, okay, this this person's winning a lot, but you know, I, I all I know is that they're winning a lot. But you might say like, oh, like I understand why they're winning because they're using the strategy that makes sense with you know with with what my knowledge already already brings. Like I understand obviously like competitive stuff like frame data and like I've experienced situations like that, and uh, so I think it makes it a lot easier to kind of get up to the commentary level if you just try to be competitive first. And I know it's not easy, right? It's not 
an easy thing, but luckily I have like a lot of years of play experience. So th that's how I, I tend to do it. Some some games, not as much, right? Like like we're actually just talking about that Apex tournament. That was that was like me filling in for somebody who unfortunately like got hit by a hurricane. So uh, I my knowledge wasn't 100 percent there, but uh, some like that one, like I just have a bunch of casual hours in because I like the game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, I don't have that much time. So I think it is all just about like building up base competitive knowledge and then everything else from there, like it flows. So playing first and then get into it. Is there any games that you would that you're looking at that you would like? You said it happens rarely, but is there anything that either you're playing now or on the horizon where you're like, I want to commentate that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm currently playing a lot of. Uh, you might have seen me tweeting about it. The new, the new Gundam Evolution. Yeah, like, I, uh, I was like gonna say, shooter. I'm like, you're gonna be a commentator for this Gundam game, dude. You're going hard on it already. I can tell. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. You know, it's a, it's a totally different scene. It's not just like a fighting game where I can jump in and like people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's done some other stuff. But uh, that one, that one, too, though, like it started. I didn't expect it. I'm, I'm not like, oh, this this game is like going to be super esports and I want to be a commentator. It's like I played the network test and I was like, yo, this game is mad fun. I didn't expect this. And then I, I was like, you know what? Like, let's play the real game and the real game. Super fun. And I'm like, OK, I freaking love this game. But my my actual like aim in shooters is not uh, super good. I'll be honest. You know, I may have been practicing some other types of execution but uh, uh at least i want to commentate that game at the very minimum because that game is just mad fun yeah and then uh, aren't you playing siege like you play siege don't you you got your aim's got to be somewhat <laughs> decent uh, okay it's a different type of aiming though it's a different type of aiming in siege it's all about like pre-aiming right and mm. like you unless you're like uh you know you're like an entry frag or something like that like then you got to snap to spots but even then like it's about like knowing which spots you got to look at on a map and you you land like a couple good shots in, in siege and it's like that's that you literally kill them yeah. and so much of it about is like pre-planning and tactics and i love siege that's one of my favorite games of all time which another game i, I never expected to uh you know be a huge fan of but uh in gundam it, and most of the shooters like apex and stuff like that like you gotta like track people and you gotta control your recoil for like longer periods of time and you gotta make sure that you can like one clip people where in like siege you can always you can one shot people yeah, so literally uh it's yeah yeah it's different but i do love siege that's another game that like i would love to eventually maybe commentate but it's it's such a complicated game it's so like Dude, knowledge I, base you gotta know like yeah, everything if it's, you're it's not sick, only though. playing siege and only watching siege on youtube and, like how the hell are you supposed to commentate that game dude I don't know. I, don't, I really have no idea. Like, like I put so many hours in that game and then I'll watch the actual like tournaments that they stream and they just they just automatically know like all the different like like routes into every single like point of interest on the map and all the different like setups that every team could use with different picks. And like it's just there's so many interactions in that game. It's like impossible. But yeah. but that's what makes it sick to me. Yeah. And, and that's what makes and that's what shows that like I think a lot of people think commentary is like just talking to the mic, dude. And it is so not that in any way, shape, or form. And if anything, you, yeah, you're like you're just quote unquote sitting there. But like I've commentated a few times, bro. By the end of it, I'm shot. I'm wind. My throat hurts. I'm shot. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do anything. I can't think straight. And you, I've seen, especially when. And I want to ask you about like your relationship with PlayStation and stuff like that. But I've seen you do Immortal when PlayStation was doing those MK11 weeklies. Because I know they do the monthly now, the streamed one. But they used to do the weekly ones. And you would do the EU one in the morning, which is like two, three hours, whatever. Take like an hour break, and then you're doing the NA one. Like, how did you just maintain that same level of energy when you're doing the NA grand final six hours after the EU grand finals? <laughs> 
Oh, that one's that yeah. one's tough. <laughs> that one's really tough. These uh, that's the that, yeah that's the that's how all the PlayStation tournaments are. And uh, I mean, I really appreciate them, uh, everybody at PlayStation. But those are for sure really long days. That's actually what we just had for Apex like two days ago, and it's still how the MK ones are. Uh, some of them it, it goes by pretty quick, and we can get like a, a nice little break. But like honestly, like every one that that Tweety's in, it gets really <laughs> long. Specifically Tweety, you know, playing with that super slow Garrus, who's just already like a character that just takes forever for every animation uh we get we're like okay yep it's either going to be a three-hour tournament or 2 going to be there and it's going to be a four hour and 15 minute oh, tournament uh Weedy, what are you doing man what are you doing to these guys uh but the energy honestly it's i just kind of go into like i don't know i gotta go into a mode and i don't think about anything and then as soon as it's over i'm just dead and i mean bigger shout outs though to to like ketchup who uh actually finishes those tournaments at like 2 a.m because you know it ends at like 4 or 5 p.m for or no maybe no later than that sorry 6 6 30 p.m for me but ketchup is you know all the way across the world so like being able to do that until 2 a.m is actually incredible uh, so I'll honestly ask him because yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going to get him on show and be like, Chef told me to ask you, how the hell do you go until two o'clock in the morning commentating these events, man? But how did that, uh, how did that relationship with PlayStation start? Was it through Mortal Kombat 11? Um, I think it was through Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I guess to preface things, my main, uh, career is not necessarily casting although it's it's a good portion of it i do a lot of actual like esports e production on the back end uh oh. just because there's a ton of studios out here in in socal so uh for example like a lot of the the um the playstation stuff is uh like via esl or there's companies like esports engine or nge or three black dot or there's a, a million companies out here in uh or, or beyond the summit who i was just working at and oh, so summit? i actually was uh actually yeah fun fact the, the most recent uh well so i did i commentated the mortal kombat summit back yeah. when that happened but i was also the technical director on the most recent smash ultimate summit that happened like last week which was why it took so long for me to be able to do this <laughs> dude what how, yeah yeah how do you get him okay so i this whole time i have all my stuff is listed for like commentary questions right when did you get involved in back-end tournament organization and production that's awesome <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, originally we uh, when we were doing all the EGP stuff that we talked about earlier, uh, we did we ran a bunch of tournaments and we figured out how to run our own streams a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's just this this grassroots nature of like being able to like just fix things together that shouldn't work and, you know, minimal uh, levels of, of like cost. And that's a super valuable thing we ended up learning. So like we me and uh, like brian compton for example like we were both commentators for the mpx pro league at first and he went from that into being a project manager uh and so then he he went off and now he has a whole career in it and we're actually working together on the sony tournaments which is really funny and then from there i went and i learned some other skills so like i was a uh like an admin for a while and then from being an admin i learned how to do like uh like a graphic be a graphics operator on production lines and from graphics operator i learned how to do like some audio stuff and like technical direct and just a whole bunch of different things and it just spread out from being like a commentator and then knowing like okay you know i just being a commentator can be really tough like let's learn how this all actually works and uh, there are a lot of people actually surprisingly I think a lot of people don't know this but in like the big esports production out there there are a ton of people that you probably know and have been in the the scene for like a really long time uh like for example like even people like vicious like uh, you know the commentator for for street fire and many other things is out there uh you know working at a big esports company and uh there's like people like 
Guns Ablaze, who maybe people don't remember as much, but used to be a big community member, and he's working in a lot of stuff like that. There's just there's tons of people that are grassroots people that have moved on to like actually making it jobs, and a lot of them don't make it public, but it's it's true. It's super cool. Yeah, and I love that. It seems like every single part of your story, you kind of started at the at level one and just level two, level three, level four, level five, and you just kept going up until it all started to work. And I think it's absolutely awesome because I feel like a lot of people, they just want to be at level ten right away, right? <laughs> But you got to start at level one. And that I think that kind of is like, I asked the question before, like, how did you kind of keep your head afloat in this game for so long? It's just, you kept going through the levels. You kept leveling up, kept learning new things, kept branching out, and it gave you a nice career. And I think that's the most important thing, man. It's awesome to hear that that was kind of your story from, the, yeah. from being, from day one, starting as like an MK9 player. And you learn this, and then you learn this, and now you're doing this, and then you make top eight, and then you moved on to this. And yeah, just seeing those levels like happen is... It's absolutely insane, to be honest with you. Because, again, everybody just wants to be a level 10. They want to be a level 15, but start from the bottom. Good, yeah, it, it's important. You know, you got to build up the base. This is the same thing with, like, I was talking about earlier with, like, how do you keep your, you know, commentary, like, relatively knowledgeable across all the games. It's just, like, starting with your, your, you know, your base level and then working up and not skipping any steps and trying to, you know trying to jump the gun on things uh, it's it's important to me but but also to finish the actual point so i was i was actually working oh, yeah, some production on yeah. the we yeah. got really deep for no reason now we can all right yeah go back to it please it was a i mean hey it's it's good it's good though i, I love i love talking about that because i do really feel like it's important to have a base but uh yeah the, so i was working some production on the playstation stuff and uh originally it was ketchup and mustard which of course you know amazing duo literally like uh, unbeatable uh and then for a while uh mustard had to step out and they needed somebody to replace uh him and then i was like working already some production on it a little bit and uh the people who are in charge of it knew me pretty well you know like i said i've worked with a lot of these people before and so then they were like hey do you want to you know jump on this and i was like yeah sure i think it was actually a last minute thing which that's another thing by the way if anybody's looking to be a commentator my biggest piece of advice is always be prepared to uh like do things last minute and like be dependable so i think actually it was like mustard had to jump away i want to say like actually like the morning of and i jumped on uh and then from there, like, they're like, okay, you know, this is actually a good pick. Like, he was here, he was dependable, and then, uh, you know, I ended up being on there more over as time went on. And then from from there, like, the, you know, they, then they're like, okay, literally the same thing happened again recently this last week where, uh, you know, again, like, girl, one of the Apex, uh, her tag is girl, uh, one of the Apex casters who's, like, really good at, like, an ALGS and stuff, like, last minute got hit by Hurricane, power went out, nothing you can do about it, and they're like, who do we know that kind of knows Apex, right? And they were like, oh, you know who we've done this before with is Chef, and so um, that's just, that's pretty much how it is, you know, you just, you, I was ready, I was there, and uh, I was dependable, and I got lucky. It's, it's all about getting lucky, really. Oh, man, you, you've, I, I think the word luck, it's like, it's when preparation meets opportunity, right? You've prepared all this time, you've honed your craft, the opportunity knocks on your door, hey, you want to do this event? Yes. Right? So when preparation meets opportunity, no luck. Come on. Let's throw that out the window. That, that discredits all the work that you've put in and the success that you've had. But how, was, how did it feel doing the Apex thing, man? Do you think you want to do more Apex or more, I guess, FPS? I know you said Gundam a little bit, but more maybe, I guess, uh, mainstream FPS titles. Anything that you feel good about it or are you kind of just like, yeah, well, they needed me, so... <laughs> I mean, I really like Apex. Uh, I, I played a lot of early Apex. Luckily, oh, we had season, the, uh, the first season yeah. zero, bro, of Apex. <laughs> oh, my. Kings Canyon, oh, like Skulltown, Wingman, Peacekeeper. God, take me back, bro. <laughs> 
I know. Okay, so so I, I'm going to be 100 percent honest. Like I was, I was pretty scared, right? I was pretty scared going in. I'm I'm not a current Apex player. I have like a few, like maybe like almost 2,000 hours in Apex though, which was a lot. Like that was my casual game for a long time, for like years. Uh, but uh, mostly I knew early stuff, right? Exactly like you're talking about Kings Canyon, Skull Town, and I was like, boy, I'm really worried. Like I got to know all the new like POIs on the new mm-hmm. map and all the rotations. And then you know I get I get there and they're like, okay, yeah. So you know they just brought Kings Canyon back and they brought back Skull Town and that's what we're gonna be playing the whole tournament. And I was that's like, are lucky. you kidding me? That's Are lucky. Okay, you know what? That's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Literally couldn't. That that is actual luck. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I I can talk about this. I can talk about where Hydro is and swamps and mm, Skull Town and Market. And I'm like, I I actually know stuff here. This is actually super <laughs> fortunate. So uh, it was fun. It was fun though. Uh, I I really liked it a lot. I I never. I mean, you know, I, I play a lot of battle royales. I never even thought about commentating battle royale because it's tough. I was There's a say, lot yeah. going on all the time. Uh, but it was it was extremely fun. I didn't expect how fun it was going to be. Uh, I I I mean, I would like to more, but uh, I always still to have like the you know the, the thought that uh, I think like if somebody really wants to commentate something, they should like really like focus on it, and it, they like it should be like a, a concentrated effort to actually like be prepared for that type of commentary. And I never ever like to commentate for things that I'm not prepared for. Like uh, like for example, like there have been times where I've been asked to commentate like Tekken and just because they know that I'm like an FGC person and you know, I, I like could technically do that, but like I would never do that because it's kind of like disrespectful to the players and the game. So like I've sent it off to other people that I know are really good commentators. Like I, like one time even like E3, which was pretty, uh, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, same thing with Apex, right? Like I'd like to do it more because it's fun, but I don't know if I would ever like have the time to put in the effort to do it more but i mean i'd definitely be like available for it and it'd be it'd be super fun yeah the apex thing is tough man, because i feel like again not saying it's easy but fighting games you gotta focus on two people right you got, yeah. you got a guy on the left guy on the right a battle royale commentary you got 20 teams of three in all different parts of the map doing all different kinds of things fighting all different kinds of people with all different types of loadouts and legends and stuff like that it's like these these BR people too, man. They got I don't know how the hell they're doing it, dude. But they, the ones that are like fluid and like you don't even realize they're commentating. It's like God, like how the hell can you can like my brain hurts just playing one Mortal Kombat 11 game where I got to focus on the other guy, and you're telling me these people are like paying attention to 60 people on a massive map for 25 to 27 minutes or whatever, however long a game is. Like, dude, come on, man. How, how are they doing that, Chef? What are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. That's a skill that we really don't get. You know, like a lot of actually uh, secretly, not so secretly, a lot of the FGC commentary like transfer transfers really well into other games uh, and people love fighting game commentators. They love them in, in other games. But uh, concentrating on like multiple things happening at once is just something we don't get. So like same thing with like the MOBA mm. commentators, like when you see like league commentators oh, and they're dude. watching a team fight of like eight people and they're like, oh, this this person's ult is up right now. And then this person's going to be lining their queue. Oh, and then it looks dude. like this person's a little bit low and they're running away through the back line. It's like, oh, my God, what is happening? Yeah. I just... <laughs> and that was a perfect impression. Yeah. That's exactly what they sound like, too. And I'm sitting there like, no, I can follow along what's going on. And then like a split second goes by. I'm like, dude, where am I personally? <laughs> I know, I know. I, they, they talk so fast too. I'm like, this is so impressive. Like we're like, oh, he jumped. Oh, he got anti. And that is a down one into a throw. <laughs> Great conversion right there. Escape failed. And then they're like, and then like, I, I'm not even gonna try to do what you did, bro. But that's it's, it's like, two dude. different sides. Like it's the same coin, two completely different sides. Both requiring. A lot of mental knowledge and like energy, but geez, man, those guys are a different breed of whatever the hell this commentary thing is. They gotta be. 
Yeah, yeah, it's different skills. I love talking to commentators from other like genres, though. Like, it's super cool to like, you know, it's such a different experience. And then there's so many things that are similar. So, like, yeah, I mean, huge shout out to everybody who does every genre because uh, a lot of people don't realize, but like, you know, whatever genre, you got something special going on. Like, you got some unique skill, and it's super tight. Yeah, and they're uh, they're the voice of the game. You know, people love the game, and they're the voice that you hear during these some of the biggest moments of that game. Like, for example, like when Evo happened, and it was like the Street Fighter Five thing. Those guys in that grand finals. They were the voice of that like unbelievable grand finals that happened in Street Fighter Five, right? So super, yeah. It's the talent and the the execution of them is just unbelievable. Would you ever dip your feet into a a League of Legends style MOBA? Do have you wait? Have you done Pokemon Unite? Yeah, yeah so have that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I commentated a little bit, and actually, that's another one that I would really like to get into <laughs> more. Uh, it it is fun, although it's a lot less hectic than like maybe a normal MOBA. That that's kind of like why I like it so much is it it's got like a almost fighting game esque like pace to it, and there are some pretty wild big team fights. But uh, like for example, I was just on a, a you know speaking of my bad sleep schedule, I was just on an Australian stream. Uh, Nuggy D uh, like from the the GZ uh, from Ground Zero ran a like a like a big league, and they let me guest cast on it recently, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was a super lot of fun. So I'd really like to to cast that game more. I've been playing it a ton, but uh, it's hard. There's a lot of really really talented casters already in that game commentators uh and so you know it's it's hard to like like push in and be like hey can, you know can i can i try out here and uh, uh they, they just already have they're doing such a good job and they put out like as a team like the commentators for the game like they put out you know like podcasts and they do events and stuff so it's uh it's it's really cool i mean and great stuff on them but hopefully someday i can commentate a little bit i more think you'll least. be able to break the mold and get in there chef i i, I believe in you Thanks. i think you can do it i think one thing that's really like something to commend you on is I think your commentary is so good, no matter what game you're, I guess, commentating at that time, because you put your, you've taken yourself out of your comfort zone in terms of a commentary position on multiple occasions, right? And I think doing that, you get a whole new set of skills. It doesn't matter where you are. Like, if I'm doing YouTube or streaming or whatever the case is, like, you get a whole new set of skills when you take yourself out of your comfort zone and do it, and then you bring all of those back into, like, whatever your core is, right? So, like, you did Apex stuff that is... Some people might say it's nowhere near anything of what would happen in a Mortal Kombat, but like, I bet you learned like a thing or two that you could take into your Mortal Kombat 11 commentary because you stepped out of that comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, kind of related to that. I mean, very much related to that. I, I think that's that. Well, first of all, it's totally true. Like, uh, it's it's really important to get different perspectives, uh, especially in the fighting community. Like, we we do kind of have. I, not i'm not trying to say it's like easier or anything but like we do have kind of like one tone commentary like you were saying like there's two people on the screen and it's very easy to actually just say exactly what happens throughout the entire match all the time always and uh you know oftentimes that can be good uh you know it, it's just it's it's very like you can look at one thing and that's exactly that so I think a lot of really good commentators out there, what they do is it, it doesn't necessarily need to be like even commentating uh, like other stuff. Like, you know, obviously I'm lucky that I get to do like, you know, I did that. I, you know, I did the Apex tournament. I actually did like a bunch of card game stuff for Shadowverse. Nice. I, I've done, you know, a bunch of like random things, but I think even just watching it. Uh, so for like my, for my example, you know, like I said, I work in production and I've worked on stuff like, for example, like there are some like Hearthstone casters that I really enjoy. We did like a collegiate thing with, uh, uh, Cora and Dr. J, who are two two Hearthstone casters, commentators, and they they I learned a lot from them just watching them, even though I wasn't actually doing it. And I think the same thing goes for like sports uh, commentary. Like, there's a lot of people out there who uh, will really be like a fan of one sport, and you can hear it actually kind of transfer over within their 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 style, right? Like, uh, it's really cool to just look at that, especially like 
once you've started like thinking about commentary and going back and you see like differences between like baseball and and basketball commentary and then there's like even like like fighting you know fighting sports like combat sports commentary and it's all super different so i, I suggest that to do to anybody who's uh, you know commentator like don't just look and focus on your game itself look at other things that might be completely unrelated and you, you're gonna learn a lot dude that's absolutely perfect you know inspiration and things to learn are everywhere it's not just in whatever it's not if i'm making mortal kombat videos i'm watching whatever valorant videos i'm watching yeah. apex videos i'm watching i'll even watch cooking videos like it, whatever and you just try to pull it when it's all you're thinking about you can pull inspiration from anywhere and I, I i love that and i think that's a good place to cap off the 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 story that we've been on for you but one thing i want to ask look into the future what what games are you excited for man is there anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to and you just got that date circled on your calendar and you can't wait for it <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're, we're kind of at a spot where most of the games that I was really excited for just came out. There, there's stuff nice. like far in the future, but it's a lot of uh, like unsure stuff, right? Like I know we're, we're probably a lot of people are trying to, you know, we're, we're all hoping for, for some sort of new like NRS announcement. And but that's a big question mark. And uh, I mean, Street Fighter 6 looks good, I guess. Uh, I, I was a Street Fighter player before I was an MK player, actually. Uh, but, you know, most of the stuff is kind of like in the future. We're not sure what's going to happen, if there's going to be an announcement for something, if something's going to actually happen, you know, like we love a Pokemon 2. But right now, I'm, I mean, I'm really happy with what's coming out. I, I guess it would have to be Street Fighter 6. I was trying to think through everything. Uh, yeah, that, it's, it's got to be Street Fighter Six. I'm a, I'm a big Blanca fan, and he looks super sick in that game. But, but right now, I'm I'm really happy with what we got. You know, uh, just uh, just started doing the like a bunch of Gundam stuff that just came out. Uh, Omega Striker is actually really fun. I've just been playing that. Um, what else? There, uh, like stuff like DNF Duel. Been really big into DNF mm -hmm. Duel, and yeah, so I'm pretty happy. Just just Street Fighter Six, but even that, it's not like this is like you know this is what I've been waiting for. Everything that I wanted happened pretty recently, so wow. I'm I'm pretty much chilling and enjoying time. I think you're like the first person to say that in this current environment of games that you're happy with what's out right now. Because I feel like everyone's <laughs> like, dude, there's no games at all to play. It's it's great to hear that. And then uh, I know you said before, but for Street Fighter Six, you said you don't go into it thinking about commentary, just go in thinking as a player. Any plans for Street Fighter Six, or just gonna play the game when it comes out and let let the universe take its course it, honestly exactly what you just said like just gonna play the game and then we'll see what happens uh i i also am uh a i don't know i'm I, I like to always say like if you don't like a game really like you know you probably shouldn't be on commentary for it uh because i think that really shows and when somebody more so the other way too if somebody really likes a game I, i've seen commentators that like have like very little tech skill, but you can tell that they just love what's going on, and that's my favorite commentary to watch. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I almost like, don't even give a crap if you if they're, they're good commentators. You know, you're like, yo, this person's getting so into yeah, it. I love, love it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if I if I love the game, you know, it, I haven't tried it at all. I haven't. I didn't get a chance to try it at Evo. You know, none of the game shows or anything. But uh, if I like if I love the game, then yeah, heck yeah, I want to I want to commentate it. Of course, any game that I love, you know, I would, I would love to be a part of it. But you know, if it's if I just kind of like it or if I end up not liking the system, uh, which did happen to me for five. You know, I was I was a huge tournament player for four uh, in five. I played the game. I was enjoying it for a while. I did like one commentary thing for Red Bull. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think I really like this game and wow. I didn't pursue it anymore. So six, it's uh, it's looking really good. I got to say, you know, yeah. it's looking uh, definitely to be my style of game. But we'll, we'll see. That's that's how it's always going to be for me. And I think that's the perfect place to cap it off. Chef, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And I cannot wait to see that Cramorant team in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in a few months when it comes out. How about that? <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully it's in Scarlet and Violet. It hasn't been shown yet, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.